Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. This podcast is dedicated to all the women out there who are aspiring to have a career while raising a family. And bitch? Well, that's more than a name and even an attitude. (laughs) We use it as an acronym. It's for bank, inbox, time, connection, and harmony. Each episode is labeled according to the correct topic so that you can efficiently find the topic that you're looking for. I'm here to tell you, you can have your cake and eat it too. The trick is finding efficient ways to get through the have-tos so that you can make room for your best life. I can show you how. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. If this is your first time here, welcome. I'm really excited for you to hear what we have in store today. And if you've been around a while, thanks for coming back. So we are all about efficiency here at Efficiency B, but it comes in many forms, right? So my acronym, Bank Inbox Time Connection Harmony, is not complete without the letter C is one of my most like really heartfelt, and I mean it completely my favorites, because it is all about how we talk to people, how we talk to ourselves, and how we relate with other human beings. And that's what we're here for. So bank and inbox and time don't matter if we're not working together in connection. And my next guest has an amazing story to tell, and I'm really excited to get into this. Hi, Kara. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad you're here. I am too. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Why don't we start with a little introduction? Tell us who you are, where you come from, and how you do life. Okay. I like that. How I do life. I do yeah. life very sporadically. <laughs> like whatever comes is happening. So I, my name is Kara Steinman, and I build online communities for women entrepreneurs. And I started in marketing. So for 15 years, I worked in marketing, as strategy, and SEO, and all that stuff. And I started marketing as a writer. And that mold like meshed into all the other things you have to learn and all that stuff. And then one day I woke up and found myself really hating my work and hating my, not hating my clients, but it just wasn't fun. I wasn't having a good time. It was, it felt like a real, like a real drain, like a drag to do my job. And I was like, this can't be right. This can't be this hard. I like, I can't go work for somebody else, obviously, because I'm unemployable. But if so, I figure out what this business should be. Right. And I'd gotten so far away, I think, from who I truly am, like all the shoulds in life and all that, like you should be a service entrepreneur. You should work with these kinds of people. You should do this or that. And I was like, but wait, what am I supposed to do? Who am I? And I like couldn't even figure it out. So I took a big step back and shut her down and started from scratch again. And I was like, what do I want to do? And it was a big tangled mess for a couple of years. But when I came out the other end, I ended up realizing that I really love connecting with other women online and like collaborating. And so that's why I build these communities to help women work together so that everything's just easier when we're working together. Yeah, I love that. And isn't it cool? I think about this all the time. I don't know how women were able to connect with other women, people. I shouldn't say women, but I say women because I am one. (laughs) I don't know how other people connected the way like they missed out on so much that we get to have now because of the online presence. Social media can be ugly in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but there's some real cool stuff in the world that we get to connect now with people all over the country, all over the world, where before we were just stuck with the people who live next door to us. Yeah. And sometimes the proximity in real life doesn't really relate. It doesn't equate to real yeah. deep connection just because the people we hang out with 
are local and maybe our region is not like super aligned with our, <laughs> I don't know, it just, it doesn't always work yeah. out, but we can reach out to anybody. Like the community, one of the communities I have is Ravel Collective and it's a women's networking community for B2B service entrepreneurs. So financial professionals, marketers, attorneys. Yeah, that's me. I know I that's you. Be in this community. Yeah. Okay. So why it works is because they're all in a really, like, they're usually in a really good position to refer one another. And when I, it's application only. And when I vet people to come in, I'm looking at what their core values are. So I started the community by seeding it with people that really shared a lot of my core values, either mm -hmm. connection, freedom, or authenticity. And if they did, then I figured birds of a feather flock together. And so when someone else refers someone in, they usually are pretty well aligned with everybody else. And it's, it's not even really about business most of the time. We're getting to know each other on a really human level, but because mm -hmm. we're all working in similar like veins, we're either complementary service providers or shoulder niche peers, like some financial professionals, they might do similar things, but serve different clients, right? So they can easily refer one another. But when you like somebody and you know them and you trust them, then you want to refer them and it's really easy. Okay. So just like creating the perfect storm for people to be able to get to know each other and happen to be really able to refer one another. That's awesome. Speaking for myself in the fractional CFO space, sometimes we can't take more clients. And mm -hmm. one of the things I'm always looking for are who are my competitors that are good at what they do so yes. that I have someone to send them to when they come and I'm full, right? I don't want to yes. ever say we have no room in the inn. Like I want to be able to give you the next place to go. Yeah. So it's so important to have communities like that where you your competitors sit. And competitors meaning they do what you do, but you're not competing for business. You're complementing each other's business. Yeah, I think that's one of the really terrible myths that's perpetuated probably mostly by the patriarchy to keep women down is mm -hmm. that we're competition. And it really harms us from being connected with one another yeah. intimately. And that's it's such a lie because there's no way that you're going to bring exactly the same thing to the table as somebody else. You're going to even down to your personality. Like when I was working in marketing, I eventually realized towards the end there, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not really organized and really structured. I really like a fly by the seat of your pants approach to things. And not everybody's like that, which is okay. Yeah. But knowing that about myself means I have a responsibility not to take on clients who require that kind of structure and consistency. But that means I'm also able to refer somebody who is structured and consistent because then they will have a great relationship. Yes, I love And that. financial professionals, especially you guys, as I've come to learn, you guys, clients don't leave very, you don't have a lot of turnover. It's not really easy to just like fire your bookkeeper and hire another one. Yeah. So having really good clients is probably important if you want to hang out with them for a long time. Yeah, I agree. It's some of the stuff when you're starting your business, you're taking whatever you can get because you're just excited to get moving. Mm -hmm. But not but like having the ideal clients is going to make you wake up in the morning wanting to go to work. I love, love going to work every day because I like my clients. Mm -hmm. They like me. We all get along. I've had clients that aren't the right fit. And yeah. chances are they're not the right fit for me and they feel it too. And so it's like, we should all just move on here. But making sure that also whoever you're doing business with, you are their ideal client. It's mm -hmm. needs to go in both directions. And that yeah. connection piece is really ideal. I love that you created that yeah. community. Yeah. What other communities have you created? I think everything's easier when we're being, we're getting connected. And mm. yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it never occurred to me that it was so easy to do online until the, until COVID happened. Cause I really don't enjoy in-person networking. It feels very forced to me a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. 
And so when COVID happened, there were suddenly all these people who were willing to just hop on a quick Zoom call and say hi. And that was like novel at the time because nobody wanted to do that before. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's just see if we're like aligned, if we're the kind of people who get along, if we share values and all that. So the other, the two other communities I have, one is called Literation Lab, which I'm really excited about right now because we just recently launched it. And that one came, I've learned recently that what I do is I find that I have a problem and then I create a community to solve it mm-hmm. so that everyone else can solve their problem with me and we all do it together and it's a lot more fun. Literation Lab is an accelerator for reclaiming our creative confidence, which gets really badly squished out of us throughout teen years and adulthood. That one came about because I used to be a writer and I'm becoming a writer again. But after working in marketing for so long, taking on client voices and learning copywriting formulas and SEO best practices, I found that I couldn't write. I sat down, I tried to write for me and I couldn't do it. And I was so frustrated by that because it used to pour out of me like nobody's business. And suddenly I was overthinking it and avoiding it. I couldn't show up to co-write or do anything. And I was like, Man, this is really frustrating. So I thought I will show up for everyone else other than myself. Maybe I'll create a community and we'll all show up and co-write together and it'll be great. Problem was that subconscious resistance, nobody showed up because of the subconscious resistance. I didn't want to show up, which is not going to make it a good long-term solution. So I and went down the rabbit hole and started researching what this problem is and ended up discovering that it's a creative confidence problem. It's not a writing problem. I can still write. But there's this resistance to letting my voice be heard and letting go of some of the like rules and regulations that have been pounded into me about how we're supposed to write through school and all these things. And in my research, I found this study that NASA had done, a longitudinal study, and they tested all these 1,600 four and five-year-olds at that age. And 96% of them tested as creative geniuses. Five years later, they tested them again, and only 30% were still creative geniuses. Five years later, when they were 15 years old, only 12% could still claim they were creative geniuses. And by the time Mm -hmm. they were 20, when they tested them again, only 2% still had retained a creative genius level of operation. And that kind of blew me away and made me really mad that I probably had been a very creative child who had slowly turned into this rule-following, afraid-to-do-something-outside-the-box person afraid to say what I want to say, even if it's... And think about it. We're creating all the time. We create a business out of thin air. We create offers. We create conversations. Our content is... We're all creating all the time. And if we can't do it, it's going to... It's harming us. We have to Mm -hmm. create. So what I discovered was there was like all these ways that it gets squished out of us, but that it's a muscle and we can totally get it back. So I revamped Literation Lab to be this daily prompt and prompt slash exercise that takes 10 minutes or less. And there are seven different types of prompts with all these subcategories of prompts within that. So it's always something different every day. But to wrap it back to that connection thing, we do it together. Mm -hmm. Come together and we show our work and we share in the comments section what we're doing, what we wrote, what, what poem we wrote, what drawing we did, all these little things. And over time, just the act of creating daily a little bit of something and not having any bad consequences come from it, like it builds our confidence up so much. It's already working really well and I'm super stoked. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm a writer. I wrote my first book last year. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And it is insane how many people will come up to me and be like, I want to write a book. I need to write a book. Yeah. I've been thinking about writing a book. Everybody I know 
says they want to, need to, have tried to, have started. Everybody has this in them, but everybody's Mm -hmm. afraid to put it out. And it is absolutely the scariest thing I've ever done. I was scarier than having kids. I want to write a book too. And it's it's terrifying on some level. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because the writing thing is where I'm stuck right now. It's I'm working on getting that confidence back to just say whatever it is I want to say in the voice that is me. But it comes, our creativity shows up in so many different ways. Like I've never really been stifled when it comes to problems, creative problem solving. That's something that comes very easily to me. I don't mind trying something weird and failing mm-hmm. and trying again. Right. But the writing thing is where it's showing up for me. And one of the members of Literation Lab recently said that what she loves about these really short, little, concise, exercises daily is that they're all different. And so it's showing her where her resistance comes up, where she's feeling that resistance to be to creating something. But it's so short that she can just push through it in that short period of time and overcome that. So it's Mm -hmm. a really gradual, relatively painless process. And I think probably bite-sized enough that anybody can you know, spare a few minutes. Some of them only take a couple of minutes. um, I'll tell you, and when those creative moments happen, you remember them. I have very specific memory of pulling into a gas station and the acronym for B-A-T-C-H popping in my head. You have these moments that when your creativity is like, when you're letting, when you're listening to it and it works, it just instantly that's going to work. But I'll also say you have to go through a lot of trials and figuring it out to make sure it works, Mm -hmm. to decide that's your moment, right? And I love that this lab gives you that opportunity to do that because you can practice without fear of failure or judgment. And you can fail without (laughs) judgment. I screwed up a couple of the prompts right away. Like one of the prompts we do is an unusual word. And there's this really funny TikTok guy who announces the word and talks about it and puts it in a sentence. And it's all these strange, crazy words. And so I link to the TikTok guy. And the first time I did it, the prompt was to use that unusual word in a sentence. And I got so in my head and I thought so hard about the sentence that I was going to write that I forgot to use the word altogether. And <laughs> we were all laughing about it in the comments later. I'm like, I wrote the prompt and I screwed it up. Like, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, I, know. I think the take home there is nobody died. Like we screw up and we have, like you said, we have to try things to know yeah. if they're going to work or not. And that's especially in business. That's one of the things that I learned a couple of years ago that really changed everything for me was that you're going to make mistakes. We don't know exactly. We have to experiment. We have to make little iterations here and there and change things and experiment and see what works for us and our clients and then keep going. And if it doesn't work, try again and not be so caught up on whether it worked or not because it will eventually. Yeah. If you go back and listen to episode one of Efficiency Bitch three years ago, it is so different than it is today. My messaging is different. I have no acronym back there. I didn't really have a... Just go. Just start. Just do something. And no one's paying attention. And and even if they are, right? especially in the beginning, nobody paying attention. I've talked to several people about this recently, how like we we have this idea, this self-limiting belief probably in our brains that we're supposed to build this business or do this thing, pick this direction. And that's the path. Once we figure out who we are and what we do, we're just going to do it. But uh, we're always evolving as people. We're always learning more about ourselves or we should be. And who we are and we're changing our preferences change and our ideas about the world change. And so our business should change what we do and how we do it should evolve. So it's crazy to think that it wouldn't. I, for me, I can tie back a lot of that to like pick a major in college. I was taught from the beginning of my life, you are going to college. It was never an option. I never felt like I could say no to it. But 
then you have to pick it. And then that's who you are, what you are. And you spend all that money learning that thing. You have to do that thing. My bachelor's degree is in hotel restaurant management. And I did work in the hospitality industry for 20 years. But in finance, I didn't go to school for accounting. I didn't go, not my bachelor's. I eventually went back. But I guess my point is like, you can change and pivot and move and just start. (laughs) And try things. Like my degree is in psychology and I was going to go be a marriage and family therapist or something, but that's not what I'm doing. And I went a different direction. I've gone lots of different directions. There's this stigma against changing our minds. Yeah, I know. We got away from the connection thing, but it's okay. But it's all connected (laughs) because it is all part of the way that we think of ourselves and we communicate Mm -hmm. with ourselves. My daughter is 12. I have two daughters, but one of them is 12. And we've been having a lot of conversations lately about options. Like You can choose this and then choose something else later. You can Mm -hmm. change your mind and that's okay. You can go through this at part of education, you can pick this elective this semester and pick another one next semester. You don't yeah. have to do art back to back. You don't have to do Spanish back to back, right? Like just be flexible and figure it out. And I don't know how men internalize some of those decisions of pick a major or pick an, a sport. I don't know if men have that same type of thing, but I know the women that I know severely internalize those pieces and we put ourselves into a specific box and don't want to, to come out of it. I think there's a couple pieces to that too. We don't want to look like a flake, right? Mm-hmm. Don't want, there's that stigma. And then there's also like the fear of yeah. the fear of looking like we're new at something or trying something and having it not work. I think part of it's personality too. My husband is very consistent. And part of that, I think, is just his personality. And it helps to understand that he's just a very conscientious type of person. I don't know how much of it is the way he was raised or what, but we are very different that way. Like we'll go to watch a movie at home and I'll be like, I don't like this. I'm leaving. I can't get this time back. And he'll be like, I'm committed. I have to watch it. Uh Okay. Well, have fun with that. But then later we'll be watching, we'll be looking for another movie and I'll be like, oh, that looks good. Let's watch that. And he's like, we tried. You left. It sucked. I'm like, oh, okay. So changing your mind's not necessarily a bad thing. But his personality is just, that's how he is. He's been at the same job for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning this too. And I I didn't recognize that there was multiple types of people until I started to become one of those people who wanted to change. But there are career people who have are happy being career people, and then they're not. And I was one of those. I had a 20-year career with a single hotel company, 17 years, I rounded up. And then I shifted. And I don't want to go back, not because I don't still love that business or love that company, but I changed my mind and I became an expert in something that I wanted to shift. And that's okay too. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I am in that career, is that the wrong thing? It's not. It could be the right thing for you now. And maybe it's not later. Or maybe you're in that space where you're like, I don't really know what I want to do. And then in a couple of years, you might be in a career space and that changes too. And it's let yourself connect all the dots as often as you want, because you can erase it anytime. Yeah. And we don't always know where we're going or why we end up somewhere, but it usually, usually there's a reason and we get something from it. And I think some of it comes back to our core values. Like I'm thinking of my husband again, he really values security. So him staying at the same job for a long time Mm -hmm. makes, even if he's not loving the job every single day, that security is really important to him. Freedom is one of my core values. So yeah. staying at that same job, doing that job, someone telling me what to do every day without the option not to do it and do something different is going to really be difficult for me. Yeah. And it's interesting how we end up 
like marrying people who are opposite of us. I Isn't it? Comes up a lot in my podcast. Do you know human design at all? No, tell me. Oh, God, I don't know if I can, if I'm qualified to tell you about this, but it's a way of looking at yourself and understanding yourself better. It's like a mix of the I Ching, astrology, and the chakra system. And what it is, it's based on your birthday, where you were born, what time you were born. And there's five different types of human design that you can be. And you print out this chart and it's your body and it shows the, like a version of the chakras and all these little channels that connect to each other. And it's really interesting if you want to get into it. But my husband and I are very opposite and we don't like we don't we shouldn't make sense probably. But mm-hmm. we've been together for 23 years and married for 18 and it works. I don't know why. But when we when I started learning about human design, I printed both of our charts out and laid, laid them on top of each other. And we complete all these channels for each other. So there's almost this like magnetism that that happens when we're around each other because we want to connect these to complete these channels. Mm-hmm. And so it's just another interesting way of looking at it. And maybe that's why opposites tract. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe we're supposed to learn husband. something from each yeah, other. I agree. My husband and I could not be more polar opposite. Like from really? political perspective, from <laughs> Ooh, that's childhood, tough. we have... The, but it's complimentary, right? You yeah. learn from the other one's perspective. We watch different news channels, but then we're both learning versus mm-hmm. the echo chamber. And I think that really helps also to be able to come up with agreed. It's all out of respect. It's all out of love. Mm-hmm. You do not have to get into an angry place. And coming back to the connection idea of humans, you can disagree with somebody and yeah. it doesn't mean you're disrespecting them. You can be cool and disagree. It's yeah. Just, is the way it is. And we're coming up into, I think, what is going to be a pretty heated election <laughs> cycle um, in the U.S. And we're going to see that mm-hmm. frustration and that human connection start to get really disturbed again. And yeah. it worries me because it doesn't have to go there, regardless of who wins the presidential election or even before we get there and go into the primaries. The way that we treat each other and the way that we communicate with each other is going to matter far more than what some guy in the White House is doing yeah as people as humans as all Mm -hmm. the people out there i hope one day i can say some girl in the white house is doing i know right (laughs) we're not there yet it's not happening just yet but (laughs) we need that we really need that i I want that for us (laughs) when i was in fifth grade i said i was going to be the first female president i don't think i want that job anymore i don't think i want that job Mm -mm. it sounds like too many shoulds Kara, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Will you share with the audience how they can find you, how they can connect to your awesome communities? Yeah, absolutely. You can find all the communities and everything that I'm up to at karasteinman.com. And I'm on LinkedIn. That's where I usually hang out. Awesome. We will make sure to put all of those links in the show notes. And thank you so much for listening today. Make sure that you have subscribed so you don't miss next week's episode. Until then, I'm your host, Melissa Leon. See ya. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new around here, please be sure to leave us a review on any podcast platform you're listening to. And you can always reach out to me to let me know what topics you're interested in hearing about or maybe telling me someone you think would be great for the show. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at EfficiencyBee. Until next time, see ya.